Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Market Bites. We've got a special episode this week, which means we've got a special guest with Josh and I today. Firstly, Josh, how are you? I'm very good. Very good. Honoured to be here alongside our special guest today, I must say. Yeah, well, people on YouTube already know who it is because they're watching. (laughs) But for those that are, are listening on the podcast, we're joined by our global market strategist, Ben Laidler. Ben, how's it going? Yeah, good. I uh, don't feel very special, but um appreciate the introduction anyway. Yeah, no, it's good to, to have you on us. We've got a, a special episode, as I mentioned, where we're going to talk about AI. Uh, I mean, it's really taken the, the market by, by storm this year. Of course, it's not the newest thing in the world, but it seems like um you know it's really come to the forefront of the people's attentions this year and i was looking at google trends yesterday for just ai uh, and we made a new all-time high in january and then it never looked back uh you know the week of april the 23rd was the highest uh interest that the word ai had for google since then we've come down a little bit we plateaued but there's still clearly a lot of interest uh in this area ben i mean what for you has driven this this year. Yeah, so I I, I I like to put these sort of things in perspective, right? And as you say, you know, you can trace AI all the way back to sort of the 1950s, right? Um, so in that sense, it's been a you know it's been a very slow burn. But you know, in recent times, we've just had an explosion, you know, of interest. Um, you know, it didn't really take off until you know we needed these sort of advances in computing power storage power for it really to sort of enter the broader sort of investment consciousness and of course you know it wasn't until the launch of chat B- chat gpt which you know wasn't until november 30th last year that you know it really all went sort of bonkers um you know since then this has been basically the fastest tech adoption story in history right i mean chat gpt you know hit a million users in 5 days um, and I think it took Netflix something like, you know, three years to, you know, hit a million users. You know, I'm not sure that, whether that's the right comparison, but, you know, you get the, um, uh, you know, you, you, you get the idea. Um, and since then, I think last month, ChatGPT hit 2 billion, you know, unique visits. Um, and, you know, remember, there's only 8 billion people on the planet, right? So, um, you know, just for some context, it's, you know, it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, and it's obviously, you know, triggering sort of massive investments around that, right, across big tech, across, you know, data centers, you know, everybody is looking at investing in um, those, uh, you know, those use cases. Yeah, and it's interesting, as you say, Ben, given that this is is a new trend as of this year, but it's it's sort of not right. We have had conversations about AI 
for a couple of years. I remember when Palantir first IPO'd uh, back in, uh, I think it was sort of 2020 or 2021, lots of conversations around uh, that then. And that's obviously really piggybacked off the back of that this year. So I think the question of obviously how well that's done this year, obviously, is thanks to sort of ChatGPT and that sort of, um, uh, you know, you know that sort of public image of it and just sort of that, you know, every everyday use case. Um, so I think that begs the question and a lot of people I think want to know is, is AI a bubble, you know, or are the people that are calling it a bubble just annoyed that they've sort of missed out on some of the games that we've seen um, and that just haven't sort of jumped on onto this sort of trend? So, so my classic answer to that is, you know, I'm always tempted to say these types of sort of disruptive sort of technologies, which AI clearly is, that we maybe overestimate them in the short term, but then really underestimate their impact in the sort of medium, you know, and, and long term. Um, so, so in the case of AI, you know, I think we sort of move from hope or, you know, you may want to call it hype uh, to, to reality. And we've done it sort of very quickly, right? I think the tipping point was you know if there was one was the 24th of may you know why can i put a sort of finger on that exact date because that was the day that nvidia came out with its first quarter results uh and stunned us all by hiking a second quarter revenue guidance by 50 percent to 11 billion dollars um you know that was in my book that was the largest increase you know in revenues in a current quarter uh by a big company that i've you know i've ever seen and I think that just speaks to, you know, them being shocked by the adoption that they were seeing. Um, and, you know, and to use the sort of California gold rush analogy, right? You know, they are the picks and shovels that are needed for this sort of unfolding sort of AI boom. So, um, you know, it's tempting when you see some of these stock price performance and everything else to say that, you know, it's all overdone and blah, blah, blah. And I first to admit that, you know, when you're trading at 20 times sales, which is where NVIDIA is trading at today, that, you know, maybe you need a little bit of time to sort of grow into that. But, you know, the broader point is just, you know, we are seeing a massive adoption story. We are seeing revenues being put against it, um, which is shocking, even the NVIDIAs of the world. And, and therefore, you know, I think it's difficult to say that it's frankly hype at this point. I mean, you know, we can argue about valuations and everything else, but, you know, dollars and cents are being spent in, you know, gargantuan quantities. Um, and, um, uh, you know, and, and therefore, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, I think we've moved past the hype to, to the reality. Yeah. Uh, of course, NVIDIA becoming the ninth uh, stock or eighth or ninth, depending if you want to get too technical, uh, ninth stock becoming uh a one or having a one trillion dollar market cap at any one moment uh, a couple of weeks ago um let's talk about sectors then that might benefit the most going forward from ai uh is there one or two in particular or is it a case that every sector and industry should benefit i mean i know just from adi toro all the people dip in working different teams are using chat gpt one way or another we're having meetings how can we use it to improve our performance but sector wise what 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 sticks out for you if anything yeah so so i'm going to dodge that question or maybe i'm going to answer it later but because i just want to make a sort of broader point right which i think you know tech's been rallying um it's been dragging the whole market with it um a lot of that has just been laid at the door of sort of ai um and ai is clearly the most visible part of that but i do think there's a lot more going on 
it has sort of multiple drivers and therefore it has has staying power right so it's not just ai but it's also you know all this cost cutting that's going on which is you know accelerating earnings growth you know hopes you know big tech over overextended overexpanded in 2020 2021 now they you know gives them the ability to sort of cut costs um you know we're, we're seeing ai is clearly extending that sort of profits growth you know story now pouring pouring a bit of fuel on on that fire you know dare i say it you know, is the metaverse, is AI, you know, AR, VR, is that going to be the sort of, you know, another sort of next leg here, given, um, you know, we had the, the launch of the Apple Vision Pro, uh, you know, last week, if anybody can make it go the metaverse and, and you know, find that sort of killer use case, it's probably Apple. You know, we've also seen these little lower bond yields, which along with these, you know, very sharp price drops across tech last year, uh, have removed that sort of valuation ceiling, and have allowed sort of I think all tech valuations to rise. And finally, I, I do think investors are searching for those sort of defensive growth names that you know have the ability to weather a slowdown. Um, and I think tech is really in that sort of sweet spot, right? Of, of having those big defensive moats, having those big profit margins, having those fortress balance sheets, but also, but you know, having that sort of growth runway, whether it's because of AI today, because of AR, VR, because of the cost cutting, you know, whatever. So again, just to put sort of AI. And all the sort of you know noise today, sort of in context. I do think this sort of tech story is a sort of you know multi, you know legged stool of which AI is a very very important one, but not the only one. There's a big thanks to AI, but it's not the only one that's that's driving it, which is right. the I think the the key there. But in in terms of Sam mentioned there a couple of points that was you know you know even at Etoro we're sort of using AI to sort of benefit and uh, to, to sort of help our sort of everyday jobs. I actually saw a funny story that in the US uh, last week that two lawyers are, are potentially facing um, the potential of being debarred or, or losing their license or whatever it is they call it these days because they um, they use ChatGPT uh, for for some of um, for some of their work. And I think that just you know brings back to the point is you know what are some of the real world examples where i think ai is making a significant impact right because it really is and as we said earlier that's why this rally has has come about because it's gone mainstream so where are we really seeing it have the biggest impact yeah so it's really across the board right so we're obviously you know we're seeing this sort of search wars if you look if you want to give them a name going on between sort of alphabet and, and microsoft we're seeing we're all exploring those sort of chat gpt use cases you know across um, you know, basically using it as our sort of consumer-facing personal assistant across research, you know, across sales. Um, you know, it's just been hugely disruptive across you know all those um, you know different you know parts of the market, and you know, and we're we're, we're exploring those as, as sort of days goes on. Um, but you know, healthcare, you know, maybe somewhat less sort of talked about, but I think where it's going to be absolutely massively, you know, disruptive. You know, think about speed of drug discovery. Think about, you know, it's already been used for sort of gene sequencing. Think about, you know, it could do away, completely eliminate animal testing, right? We don't need to use that anymore. Um, we could have, you know, personalized medicines, uh, you know, in, in the future. So I, I think there's, you know, you just go industry by industry, and I think you can find those use cases. Uh, and again, just going more broadly, um, think about it just in terms of productivity. You know, there's only two ways, um, two ways to drive economic growth. One is more people, and the other is those people are more productive. And obviously, you know, demographics is a, is a slow moving beast. But I think the the opportunity here is to sort of turbocharge productivity. Um, and this has been really stagnant 
for a number of years. Um, and this has been a massive paradox, right? Because you know this is why we're so sensitive to inflation. This is why GDP growth has been sort of so stagnant. Um, and I think you know the potential opportunity here is harnessing you know AI. This could be the sort of latest productivity hack, which gives us an opportunity to you know get you know get economic growth going and therefore get earnings growth you know going and you know it, it ultimately all fits, sort of feeds back. Um, you know, feeds back into into into, into the stock market. Um, the one sort of caveat here, which I would just throw in, uh, you know, in terms of sort of uses, uh, you know, there you know, people have thought about using AI for for investment purposes, and, and there has actually been an AI driven uh, ETF out there for a number of years. AIEQ, I think, is the is the ticker, uh, which basically uses sort of Watson to um, uh, to to investments. Um, I guess the sort of reality check is that it hasn't been very good at doing so, and it's really struggled for the sort of last few years. So, you know, I'm very bullish on AI. I'm very bullish on what you can use it for, but you know, it's not um, it's not completely infallible. And I guess um, the experience of uh, using AI to choose investments is um, is is one example of that. Yeah, I, I think we all all know the best way to choose investments is the inverse Jim Cramer ETF, isn't it? If he comes out and says a stock is dead go long and, and vice versa we're only joking jim if this ever makes it back to you um what stocks in particular will investors be keeping an eye on i mean nvidia is the baby is i mean the the sort of the, the front of all of this the lead runner um what else do you think or whatever stocks in particular do you think people will will keep an eye on yeah, so you know, obviously for AI to work, you need these sort of high performance, you know, GPU and and, and ASIC chips, right? Mm -hmm. and, and NVIDIA, as you say, leads there, right? They've probably got an 80, 90 percent market share of those sort of AI chips. Uh, and that's why it's trading at, you know, a 20 times price of sales valuation and just hit a trillion dollars. But you know, everyone's everyone's searching for sort of the next one, right? But um, I think you know, that broader semi-space, you know, everyone from Lattice to sort of AMD. You know, it's coming after Nvidia, right? It's coming after that 80, 90% uh, market share, and they will find ways, you know, to benefit, and the market will grow. Uh, but it's also the suppliers to, to to them, right? So think, you know, ASML, which makes, you know, the um, you know, the the the, the high performance um, um, you know, machines that, that that make these high performance semis. Think of the foundries, right, for of, of TSMC. They're all in that sort of supply chain. Uh, you know, AMD. I think just yesterday came out and gave some details on on the AI chip that they're you know looking to looking to launch and and you know a lot of talk that Amazon um, is going to be is going to be you know one of the big buyers you know for that. But there's also chip losers, right? If you're in that sort of commoditized chip space, you know, if you're Intel, if you're Micron, you're looking pretty vulnerable here, um, and you're looking to play catch up, you know, very very quickly. Uh, you know, other winners. I think if you're sort of in that sort of data analytics space where i think ai can really help you faster better analyze stuff so if you're salesforce you know if you're oracle i think you're pretty well placed if you're sort of integrators you know if you're ibm which has had watson sort of years and years if even if you're sort of accenture you know on the in the accounting space you may look pretty vulnerable but you know maybe in the consulting space you're coming out as a you know potential uh you know potential winner here um but maybe as a sort of broader point, I mean, you know, it's always tough at this sort of early adoption stage where we're looking for, you know, the best ways to, you know, use this new technology. It's very difficult to pick those individual winners. Uh, so maybe you want to go broad, right? Maybe you want to pick that basket. Uh, maybe we have a rough idea 
you know, within that semi space, within that data analytics space of sort of group of companies that could benefit, but were difficult, you know, difficult to put our finger on it. Uh, you know, you know, maybe go broad rather than go narrow, right? And and, and pick that portfolio. We obviously have the, the AI revolution smart portfolio. You can obviously put your own put your own together as well. And and also just you know remind there are losers, right? Whether that's you know commoditized chip stocks, whether that's I mean we've definitely seen the sort of Cheggs and Pearsons and um, you know education stocks have been sort of fingered as losers, right? There will be there will be winners and there there will be there will be losers as well. Yeah, and and you mentioned some of the winners and losers there from from the from the stock market point of view, and in terms of um, you know maybe looking at it more broadly, I think that tells us that there's going to be risks and there's probably going to be drawbacks as well to to sort of this technology. You know, at the same time, you know we've also got to think of it from a cybersecurity point of view as well. Yes, it can help industries, but you know, is this only sort of really going to sort of challenge, you know, firewalls and the cybersecurity that we have in place uh, already as, as you know, it can code, it can write sophisticated emails much better than probably what we get sent in, in phishing right now. So I guess the question is, is, you know, what are the risks and what are the drawbacks that, you know, investors need to consider when looking at AI, right? Because it's not all going to be one way. Yeah, you know, it's a disruptive technology, right? So this comes with the territory. There's going to be a lot of issues, as you say, from privacy, security to, you know, ethical concerns around singularity. But if I have to put my finger on one, right, it's jobs. I mean, here in the UK, we, you know, we had British Telecom the other week coming out and saying they're going to, we're going to lay off 40% of their workforce, right? It's tens of thousands of people, um, you know, not just on AI, but, you know, partly on AI, because AI can now do, you know, customer service. And these testing jobs, you know, better, cheaper, faster than the, than they could. So I think you know there are concerns over entire professions here. Uh, you know, you mentioned law earlier on. You know, accounting, sales, you know, customer service. So we're undoubtedly going to see you know a lot of disruption. But you know, let's just have a little bit of context here, right? On 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 the you know balancing side, you know, entire new industries and entire new professions will be created. You know, what we always forget is, I think, um, something like half of jobs in existence today didn't exist 50 years ago, right? Just just for some context. So, you know, it's this constant sort of reinvention. I think AI will re-accelerate will accelerate that. But, you know, you know, we don't have signalmen today. We don't have lamplighters. We don't have, you know, light lift operators. We don't have, you know... You know, people used to be called human computers because we used to just sit there with an abacus and, you know, that doesn't <laughs> exist today, right? Um so, you know, it's this constant reinvention and we will, you know, we are going through this sort of angst driven sort of stage right now. Um, and, you know, AI will, you know, accelerate the sort of death of, of some professions, but it will also stimulate um, the, 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 you know, the, the growth of others. The other thing I would just say more broadly, I just think it will lowers the barriers to entry for everyone. You know, it will boost competition. Um, it, you know, there will obviously be big company winners and losers. So I think you know anyone that you know doesn't have a moat, anyone that is slow to adapt, um, I think um, you know runs runs the risk of sort of obsolescence. So I think it will just um, you know accelerate the the sort of competitive dynamics you know in in, in the stock market. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it, it all in, in in general, and I think even just from the next generation of startups, it's going to become a lot easier for them to to get to their. Or try to get to their their goals. I'm, I'm I think if we fast forward five ten years, it's going to be a really fascinating place. It really really is. Um, and I think for those people that that do call it a bubble 
are maybe just a little bit jealous that they didn't get in NVIDIA at the bottom um, all those months ago now. Uh, ben, Josh, as usual, thank you very much for joining. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Take care, everyone. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.